Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm one of your hosts, Yardana Osman, here with my friend, Chavruta Aaron Gordon. Our daf today, Masach Givamot, daf Lamed Aleph, page 31. There's a very lengthy discussion here that began on yesterday's daf about the issue of a suffix kedushin or a suffix gerushin, right? A case where it's not clear that somebody got married or it's not clear if they got divorced. And within the discussion uh, of this very lengthy, <laughs> of this, and it's a pretty confusing uh I don't want to say confusing, just it, it takes time to actually read and go through. They bring also this idea, right? Because one of the things they talked about is that like if the thing that you were doing the Kedushin with, if it was like thrown and it wasn't clear if it was closer to the woman, which means then she would be, the Kedushin would be valid. Or if it was closer to the uh, to the man who wanted to do the Kedushin and then the Kedushin wouldn't be valid. Or let's say that happened with a get. Someone threw the get and it was closer to the woman, then it's a valid get. If it was closer to the person who did the throwing, it wouldn't be a valid get. And so part of what they are discussing is, is like, who is talking about how uh, close that, you know, object was or the document was. And it's clear that it would be Adam, right? That there would be, and maybe the possibility that there were two sets of Adam, right? Like one set of Adam said, no, it was closer to this person. One set of Adam said it was closer to that person. So the Gemara says, Kaima Edim Vikaami Karovla. So the Gemara says, how can we say how can we say this? How could it be that there are witnesses who are standing there and saying, right, that it fell, the Kedushan fell, the, the object of the Kedushan fell closer to her. And therefore, because now we relate this back to Yibum, okay, and therefore she was considered to be basically uh, married and heard Sarah right, as her co-wife, is the co-wife of a forbidden relative, okay, and yet you want to say to her, let her actually go into, uh, uh, you know, and, and you want to say, let her go um, into Yibam, okay, sorry, I read a little bit ahead before I finish translating, right, and so maybe the real difference between having two pairs of witnesses and a single pair of witnesses is that the case of the two pairs of witnesses, right, is is a case where it's uncertain in a matter of rabbinic law. So then it's not really considered to be an uncertainty to what actually happened, right, which is what would be the case if it was something that we we're talking about was de Arisa, but really just it's a contradiction between two testimonies. In other words, it's not a suffix about whether or not the person is married or not married. It's not a halachic issue. It's more an issue of like two witnesses saw something and you're just not sure two sets of witnesses. So a total of four, right? But two, one set of witnesses say this and one set of witnesses say that. And it's just not clear. So just put the two witnesses against two witnesses. In other words, they should cancel each other out. And the halacha should basically just be the woman stays in her original status. So in other words, whatever her original status was, if she wasn't married, if she was married, if she was eligible for Yubam, if she wasn't eligible for Yubam, don't change her status because you have two testimonies that basically cancel themselves out because this is just an uncertainty that came from rabbinic law and not Torah law. Again, I, I'm very quickly explaining this, but it's fascinating what happens next. And this is what I want to pay attention to. So the Gemara wants to bring a proof for this. And it says the proof they can bring was the case of the property of Barshtaya. Okay. So Barshtaya, right. It comes from the word like uh, stoop maybe or something like this. But this was a person who 
would sometimes have periods of like of of insanity. So one time he sold his property. Two witnesses came and said when he sold it, he was healthy, and therefore the sale is actually valid. Right. And then two came and said he was a shota, he was insane, right? And and therefore it shouldn't be valid. But I'm a Ravashi, uke tray lahadli tray. So Ravachi said, okay, the two witnesses cancel each other out, okay? And therefore, there's no testimony. And the land basically just should stay in his possession. In other words, you can't say there's any proof either way. The two sets of witnesses basically cancel each other out. So since he owned the land, the land still remains in his possession. And so this should also be the case when it comes to cases of Kedushin or Gerushin where it's uncertain. The woman should just stay in her former status. So if she was unmarried, she should stay unmarried. If she was married and it was a question of divorce, she shouldn't be considered divorced. In other words, if it's a case of two witnesses, two sets of witnesses, they cancel each other out and it should just stay in their present, you know, what, what the original state was. This proof is fascinating to me. One of the things I pointed out earlier is that uh, in this whole discussion of Yibam, Right. We often see how does halacha work? How do we learn halacha? They bring a pasuk, they bring a mishnah, and they try to figure out, okay, what's the halacha? But another level that very often happens is, is they bring actual practical cases, right? Like somebody would say, I saw this in someone's house. I saw this happen in someone's house. There was a story where this happened. We are now on Daf Lamed Aleph. There has not been one story of actual yibum that has taken place. And in fact, the story that they bring to deal with this whole concept of suffix is a story that has to do with property. It doesn't even have anything to do with Kedushin and Gerushin, right? Like maybe one can make an argument. We don't learn suffix about property or somebody's mental state has nothing to do with Kedushin and, and, and Gerushin, right? One has nothing to do with the other. So I, I think this sort of train of thought here and the fact that this is the story that they bring, which has nothing to do with what they're actually talking about, um, and particularly with the Yibum piece of the Safe Kedushin, um, shows us that, like, I don't think this really happened in the times of Chazal. We have yet to see a story of somebody who actually did Yibum or who actually did Chalitza. I think it was very, very rare that it happened. And, and that's why we're just not seeing the Halacha learn from masses, from stories. And so I, this was very striking to me on this particular daf when they brought a story that has nothing to do with the halacha we're talking about, but to use it as a way of explaining a principle that they're trying to explore, this concept of suffix, right? As it relates to Kedushin, Gerushin, and therefore Yibum, but they can't find an actual story that relates to Yibum of Kedushin and, and Gerushin. So I, I find that very, very interesting. I also find it very, very interesting. I, you know, it's this kind of thing where the Gemara really likes to find parallels, right? And, or I would say apparent parallels, right? And draw the, the comparisons and learn one thing to the next. But it's surprising, or you would think anyway, that there would be a lot more Yibum comparisons here. Let's say that then in the real estate deals, they're going to draw the comparison to Yibum, right? Like, I, I think you're, the observation that you've made 
that there's that there are none that there are no examples here, no narratives, no cases. I mean, there's tons of cases, but they're all hypothetical. There's no like what we'll call a Maisa Shahaya, right? Like the and then we went out and we saw that in thus and such a home, that's exactly what they did. Right? There's nearly none none of that, and and not in the way that you would think that they would be like. This is big masechet of Yevamot. Like, why don't we have all of that? So to say that there's no comparison to the to the property wouldn't, like, I think that is how the Gemara works, to say, well, it's, it's not legitimate to draw this comparison. But I think even when it is legitimate to draw the comparison, I think it's even, you know, I, I think that makes it all the more surprising or it highlights how it is that these cases are not here, that the examples are not here, rather. Again, cases meaning the hypotheticals we have in spades, but not not a practical uh, account of what I saw before my very eyes. Right. There's there, there's literally, there has not been any of that in this Masachat. And it's, again, the only example we had was the case of Shneos and how that worked, you know, that maybe in-laws could get confused in a household. Um, but we, other than that, we have not seen anything. All right, I think we got a new Mishnah to get to. Um, we do indeed. Um, you know, it's funny. We went from a daf with a lot of Mishnah out here. We've got one. And guess what? It's another case, right? One of the Yibum word problems. Here we go. Shlosha achin nisuin shalosh nochriot. So this is from our template that we've seen so far. Um, specifically, we have three brothers. The brothers are brothers, but they are married to three unrelated women. This, by the way, is par for the course, right? Most brothers who get married, married women, marry women who are not related to each other. So this is actually like perhaps even more practical than most of the other constructs that we have seen, except for when we come to the actual case, we hope. So here's what happens, right? One of these brothers dies. So one of the two brothers that remains, right, does ma'amar for the widow of the brother who died. So they've got this Levite betrothal, but they never consummate it because what happens next? He dies. Vamit. So what happens at that point is instead of the third brother coming to do yibum for both of these women, right? Let's set it up again. So we've got A, B, and C brothers. There's a, B, and C wives, right? So A brother dies. B brother is going to do Yibum, but he's only done Ma'amar with the A widow. And now B dies. And so C is left with, there's now three women here, right? C and C's own wife. But there's also two women now waiting for Yibum, A who had Ma'amar, and B whose husband just died and she's a widow needing Yibum. Because again, all of these people have not had children, right? Fine. This is where it gets more, you know, again, more conceptual and probably less practical. So what happens is that C, according to this Mishnah, C, the women do chalitza. They do not do yibum, neither of them. And then we've got some explanation, which is sometimes unusual in a Mishnah. So this is a verse, right? The verse is from Devarim. It's a longer verse than the snippet that's here in the Mishnah. But the point is that this is, uh, reflecting back on that verse that teaches uh, about Yibum, namely, if one dies, then then one should be the Yavam. So let's understand why this verse, which sounds exactly like they shouldn't have Chalitza, they should actually have Yibum. Why is this not, not in play? So the Mishnah says, Shalea zikat Yavam achad, meaning 
each woman has, yeah, there's a zikat ibum. If the brother would die, if the husband would die, then one of the brothers needs to come and, and do yibum or chalitza fine. But in this case, the implication of the verse, according to the Mishnah, is one yavam. Once they've got these two brothers who have fundamentally zikat yibum for each of the women, right? That's too many for it to be what the verse was talking about. The verse was talking about specifically one brother-in-law come to the widow, right? That's that's a basic line. Reb Shimon Omer, and Reb Shimon's opinions we've seen already are sometimes unusual here. Reb Shimon Omer, miyabeim le'ezo So Reb Shimon says, do yibum with one of them. Do chalitza with the other one. Meaning, see in this story, and because they're not sisters, right? There's no prohibition against any uh, any of the relationships. So this line of like the 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 verse and the halacha is not talking about two cases of yibum, only one, according to Rabbi Shimon, is like, that seems like a bit too much, right? Like, what's your big concern there? There's no prohibition to worry about. Just have one to have yibum and one to have chalitza and, you know, call it a day. So the Gemara here, and really it continues on to the next stuff, but it opens up to start talking about what does it mean when you have a two, a double whammy of a zikat yibum, and the answer is, well, the Oraita, from the Torah perspective, you don't have that. But Rabbanan, you really could have that. And, you know, that's where we've t- talked about this before, that the difference of the Oraita and the Rabbanan here becomes significant in ways of that that actually are like pretty, you know, are you having Yibu, Are you? Is there going to be a case of Yibu or not based on the ver- the difference between the Oraita and the Rabbanan always seems to me to be a little bit severe. Right, like if you don't have a Doraita case of Yibum, why would you have a Durabanan case of Yibum? It get you know, because I don't know. Durabanan it seems to me, and maybe this goes to that initial reluctance that we talked about, like shouldn't all the rabbinic cases be Khalitza? That's not true. That's not how it works. Right. But that's but it's you a know, good question. It's a kind <laughs> of Right. And I, I also so. want to point that I think you're right. It is interesting to this Mishnah that it quotes a Pasuk. That's not a typical Mishnah. Um, we say it occasionally, but but it's not that common, and it's interesting, it, you know, where it appears and how it appears. Like it's not, it appears more in like a specific case case being discussed rather than a general principle. It leads to a general principle, but it's in the context of a specific case. That's our DAF discussion for the day. Thank you for joining us. Rank us, review us where you get your podcast. Come talk to us on our Facebook page and tell us what you think about this stuff. Thank you to Rabinit Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. And until tomorrow, go and learn.